Hi, welcome to episode 138 of In The Move Podcast. I'm Peter Shepherd. And I'm Callum Reid. Good evening. Good evening, bonsoir. Uh, so I've just got back from Paris. Guten Abend, as I can speak German. <laughs> yeah, we're covering all the bases there. Um, Pete's nearly fallen asleep, so fuel might have to be... Much like everybody listening to this podcast. <laughs> well, I'd hope not after 20 seconds. <laughs> um, premature, premature snoozage. <laughs> I'd have narcolepsy. Um, we had a little meet-up this weekend mm. um, with Irini, uh, our Hellenic chum. And uh, one of my friends, who's the only person that I know who can start a story by saying, "So I was hanging out with uh, Wong Kar Wai's, uh, uh, what's it, <laughs> Wong Kar Wai's what, um, Wong Kar Wai's uh, location scout." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's not that many people who can start a story with. So I, ha- uh, hang- so I was hanging out with uh, Wong Kar Wai's location scout. Or so I went to Tim Burton's house for a dinner party. <laughs> yeah. Is the other one. <laughs> Gotta love him. <laughs> uh, I was grilling him too much about Tim and Helena's relationship. Uh, she yeah, seems to have, have no idea about. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> God. Oh, dear. Okay, uh, so this week we've got three films. There's one bit of news now. Really? Have you heard the UK's Eurovision entry? I have not heard <laughs> the UK's Eurovision Well, you're going to hear it now. Oh God, here we go. Here's the UK's Eurovision entry or a clip. Uh, it's called Still in Love with You. Well, don't get on the wrong train. Don't fly in an old plane. Don't go out in the pouring rain. You might get wet. I'd be upset. You bounce against oh sneezes or nasty diseases. Take good care when I'm not there. I'm still in love with you. Okay, for the first half of that, I was basically in the position of the thinker, but grimacing. The Thinker? Yeah, you know, the sculpture where the guy's just got his fist to his head. Oh, so I thought you were... <laughs> I thought you were back to the giver for a second. I was thinking Jeff Bridges. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Um, um, well, it doesn't sound yeah. too different to the average Robbie Williams song. Mm, yeah. it's Well, it's actually a duet. There's a woman there as well, but it's just cheesy, like cheesy jazz. It's not even... It's not even... What is that woman who does... Um, uh, those sort of like 50s style um, vaudeville-ish songs I used to play on radio too all the time my parents like it anyway um, yeah no it's, no it's bad terrible and this is gonna I predict zero points for this unless Azerbaijan has had huh who, who votes for this it's the BBC picket uh, we need to get away from the BBC picking these songs because I've got a lot of time for the BBC, but they're not exactly edgy. Imelda something or other. Imelda May. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of like that, just not as interesting, even. Uh, okay, preconceptions. Unless you've got any bits of sporting news you want to fling. Uh, not really. It's just that um, apparently I'm just being proved right every time I describe that. Uh, <laughs> Someone asked me at the weekend what I thought of Louis Van Hall, and I said, I think he's a clown. <laughs> I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah. And, um, yeah, another a sterling uh, defensive performance by all accounts last night. 
He has got very shiny, a shiny face, mm. and rosy cheeks. Mm. It's like I was more referring to his uh, tactical ability. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Um, okay, preconceptions. What have we got this week? This week we are doing uh, White Bird in a Blizzard, Chippy, and to Kill the Messenger. <laughs> <laughs> that was me attempting to do a South African accent there. Probably better than half the people in the film. Really? Uh, preconceptions. So, Sorry? White Bird in a Blizzard then? Yeah, the uh, interestingly titled White Bird in mm. a Blizzard. Um, Shailene Woodley, I love. I think she's terrific. Eva Green uh, has was really good in The Dreamers, really good in Casino Royale. Um, so those two being in it was a plus. I didn't know anything about the story, but the director, Greg Araki, did Mysterious Skin, which I liked too. So looking forward to this one. Right. I knew it was about Eva Green playing Shailene Woodley's mom, and that was about it. Um, what more uh, do you need? Well, exactly. Well, that got me to watch it. Um Eva, I um, I like increasingly the longer her career is going, um, especially in the last few years, uh, with the likes of um, I think really starting from Cracks onwards. Yeah. But then, but then with Womb, I thought she was really good. Perfect sense. Thought she was really good. Thought she was easily the best thing about um, Dark Shadows going back to Tim Burton. Yes. Uh, yes. And um, so uh, yeah, that was that was that was a big plus. And Shailene, I uh, I do like. I think. Um, I liked her in Diversion and I liked her in uh, The uh, Descendants. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Gregoraki, I didn't know. I didn't really know it was a Gregoraki film until. And so I, got, I only really got it when the credits started. But um, I, I, I have seen Doom Generation. Like, I, I, I never end up watching all of his films. So I've seen a bit of the Doom Generation and I thought it was okay and I didn't really like it. And uh, I've seen a bit of. Um, uh, mysterious skin and it didn't really wow me at all so uh, but it wasn't like I snubbed it or just like just didn't hold my interest it reminds me uh, gave him sort of vibe of a um, sort of more quirky early David Gordon Green and not in a good way for me <laughs> right okay Joseph, well Joseph we don't mention this but Joseph Gordon-Levitt people really like him I thought he was great in Mysterious Skin mm, a lot of people it, uh, it's a it's not an unusual pick for people online to have in their 2005 actor lineup. Yeah. Or wasn't when I used to see other people's. <laughs> when you used to give a shit. When you wouldn't know, well. Not even that. Yeah. <laughs> what was the line I said to you um, a week or two ago? <laughs> if you saw someone's lineup and they and they had um, Heath Ledger in Brokeback Mountain, the 2005 best actor, if you had Heath Ledger in Brokeback Mountain, um, uh, Josephine Mysterious Skin and yeah. um, Killian uh, Murphy Killian Murphy in some place then you were, it was probably a good chance that the person who made that lineup was gay and you could also shove I mean, Nathan Lane and the producers in there and... uh, well, no, 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 well no but I mean those are the sort of three that if you saw that any one of them in any, anybody's um, lineup you wouldn't um, it wouldn't it, you can make right, assumptions, right. maybe. No, 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 no. You, you, if someone said I like, I like Joseph in the Mysterious Skin, I wouldn't think, oh, you've got to be gay. I wouldn't, but, or, or, or same with Killing on Brooks on Peter. But when you've got all three, <laughs> it's a little bit of a hint. The holy trifecta. Yeah, of two thousand and five um, 
Jade him. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so um, you could also go Kevin Zegers in Trans America, but I think that would be too far. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Chappy then. Chippy. Ch- Chippy. Um, Chippy. It's well, it's Neil Blomkamp. We did, we covered this last week, really, didn't we? We did, yeah. District I uh, District Nine, I thought was a really interesting film, but I did think it was overrated. Um, but mm. good for a debut, mm. and um, Elysium wasn't very good. So I, my preconception was that this wasn't far enough away from what he's done before, as mm. uh, and it seems like he's stalling mm. as a filmmaker. Hugh Jackman, I like in general. Uh, Charles O'Copy, I think he's terrible. Mm. Awful. Mm. And. Um, Don't watch I, your team then. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten who else was in this, but right. it did look like. I mean, there's a few things I dislike more than robots bashing against things in films. Yeah. So yeah. that wasn't. Uh, something I was looking forward to in general, but you know there wasn't there was so little out this week that was appealing. Total, total wasteland. Um, yeah, um, I'll just give you the reason I didn't see this. <laughs> Dev Patel in the lead, just a huge, stunning no. It's just not going to happen. Um, uh, Hugh Jackman, look, I like uh, quite a lot, but he looked really bad in the, tra- in the trailer. Um, yeah. Uh, Charlto, I, I like him certain things, but um, he's got a shtick, and uh, it's not appealing to have it in vocal form again. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, I thought District Nine was decent. And I thought Elysium was poor, and uh, this looked like it was trying to get back to District Nine, and, and not, but District Nine meets short circuit. So no, thank you. Okay. All right. Um, preconceptions for Kill the Messenger. Right. Um, I'm not a fan of Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but I thought he was decent in um, American Hustle. Yeah. So not quite a turn on him, but I don't flat out hate the guy. Um, yeah. It's not like it's... he's not like he's it's not like he's in the lead of Chappie. Um. <sighs> No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so is that is oh, yeah. that? Did you know any more about it? Did you know about the story or? I knew it was about. Um, yes, I did know that it was about um, a, a journalist who blew the doors off the story about the CIA uh, helping with their drug, like import drugs into America. And I did tell you all the women that were in it last week. And I promptly forgot. Yeah, that does not surprise me. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't have a clue what it was about. I just knew that Jeremy Renner was in it, and I do like Jeremy Renner. Uh, but I wouldn't say that he would draw me to watch a film in particular. But no, um, I again, the week was a wasteland, so had to watch something. we had to, we had to see something, and and this was one of the, uh, near the top of the list. Right, so White Bird in a Blizzard begins with Shailene Woodley listening to a load of dodgy uh, indie music in the 1980s. 
uh, her mom's Ooh. played by Eva, her mom's played by Eva Green, and her, uh, Shailene's uh, delightfully intermittent voiceover informs us that uh, Eva Green <laughs> disappeared one day, uh, much like Shailene's voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Descendants again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and um, so uh, it it what's the word I'm looking for? Minds. The fallout of uh, Eva's disappearance, whilst uh, in the least sweet hereafter of ways, oh, <laughs> looks at looks at the looks at the uh, moments uh, leading up and uh, months leading up to it as well. Indeed, um, I love the soundtrack. I don't know what you're talking about. It was great. <laughs> Well, there's certain songs individually that are good, but when you just put them that relentlessly in a sort of um, depression fest, it's just a bit eye-rolling when he's going for the cure. (laughs) It does have my uh, song for one of my favourite albums of all time, which is This Mortal Coil. The album's called At Lending Tears, and the song's Fond Affections, and it's when she's on the bed with Phil. Charlotte Fernandez. Charlotte Fernandez, yeah. So that was, that was the one of the few moments where I was like, "Oh, well done! You've done something right, film." Because mm. mm. <laughs> <laughs> this well, is Shailene Woodley's worst film to date, um, I think. Well, I didn't see the cancer one, um, but of the, yeah, of the, of the rest, it's um, but uh, spectacular now descendants, yeah. Uh, what else have we got? Divergent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty, 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 com- pretty comfortably. Yeah. Um, it's. I think it's still an interesting failure, but I do think the film's a failure. Um, yeah. Um, do you have any thoughts on why? Yeah, it's for to begin with. It hasn't got a very particularly new outlook on teenage life. Um. And there's some really awkwardly conceived banter mm. between uh, Gabby Sidibe and um, Good God. Ma- and Mark and Delicato, who's the gay kid from Ugly Betty. Yes. And there's, there's like banter between those two and Shailene, and it's so badly written and badly delivered. I think I think a lot of the dialogue is really badly written and badly delivered, especially with Shailene and, and, and Charlotte Fernandez. Where it's just stuff like, um, uh, oh, like, I really miss you fucking me. Me too, babe. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just so bad. But it's not like in a. It's, it's not it's, satire. If it was satire, yeah. you could get it. Yeah. You'd say, oh, they're just trying to lampoon these um, uh, totally vapid uh, uh, characters. Yeah. But, or if it's, like, dazed and confused, like, showing them just bored, like, the whole bored teenage, you know, narrow, uh, compartmentalised teenage lifestyle. But it's not. It's just... Meh. I think the only there. time the only time I got that it was even trying... Even, well, not trying, but succeeding in going in any kind of um, lampooning kitsch way was the disco scene where... Um, uh, Fernandez turns up at the disco for the first time, and um, it's because she's like dressed completely differently. They're all dressed as go- they're all dressed as goths, yeah. And uh, the um, 
they're just like um, having to go about how, they go there all the time but they're having to go about having to go about how bad it is and then you've got this really awkward um, attempted seduction with well, attempted uh, them talking to each other and then something really quite strange happens they he asks her to dance and the scene suddenly gets kind of brilliant the actual scene of them dancing and it sort of really it sort of washes over you and uh, really gets the uh, the visuals of like how people um, uh, who m- might not have had any um, uh, connection before can can uh, like see each other yeah see each other differently with the, with the music and the lights and the, and the dancing and then they just cut straight out of it into yeah. a montage and it just ruins the best moment in the film and it, it doesn't so it's like he's got a, he's got a decent idea he's executing it well and then he just completely um, pulls the rug from underneath himself yeah but then maybe that's because this isn't a love story no no I've no idea what it is it's, uh, <laughs> I, what I found the most problematic because it's about Shirling's character mm. um it's about her adolescence, really. Mm. But she's so apathetic towards everything, especially yeah. Eva Green's character. Mm. You just, like, considering uh, whenever we see Eva Green, she's in complete and utter turmoil in the film. Yeah. And yet Shailene just sits there and yeah. waits for her to get a grip. And it's like, well, when she's going to a therapist after, you're thinking, why does she suddenly care? Is it like a Margaret situation where she's just yeah. looking for attention? Mm, mm. And um, I think, I think for me, the biggest failing in the film uh, is probably something that is entirely deliberate. But it, it, if so, it's just incredibly ill-conceived and doesn't work. It's just how artificial everything is, and um, not ju- not just with the dream sequences, um, but just in general with the. Um, the terrible dialogue and the um, nothing feels genuine, and so when you've got that and it's all superficial, it's all about the the and the the art direction and the costume design does not feel authentic. I mean, it, it, it probably all is of the time, but just from the way it's shot, it it just looks uh, constructed. It doesn't feel like this is happening on planet Earth. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. It's, like, it's, it's too like, wacky. Yeah, but I mean, it could be because it is such a deliberate nos- nostalgia piece that it's heightened. You could argue that it's supposed to be heightened in that way, but regardless, it doesn't work. And and what that artificialness does is it uh, takes away any pos- uh, any real uh, emotional underpinning to the, to the characters or the situation, and uh, that's the problem for yeah. me. What did you make of the subplot with Thomas Jane? Thomas Jane. The oh, cop. Detect- oh, well, I could see that coming. Just guessing on, on the ridiculousness of um, where where uh, Iraqi was going to take it. As soon as I saw like the sort of buff cop with tattoos and Shailene being, frankly, sex sex hungry, um, you can <laughs> you can see what's going. On. And it's just uh, again, there's nothing on it. Uh, so, so when uh, it, it kind of, their scenes together kind of reminded me a bit of Inherent Vice, if, if I was gonna uh, yeah, uh, yeah 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 get get a vibe to it, especially when they're in bed and he's saying what he thinks happened to her mother. Uh, that's yeah. when that if that's the sort of like vibe slash territory it gets into, and that's one of the more interesting parts of the film. Yeah, uh, mo- and scenes within the film, but there's too little of that, and it's too done for. 
I don't know what it's done for because it's, it's done for. It's, I think it's just done for her character. Yeah, because her, it's, it, it's not done for because they don't show anything, so it's not done for titillation. And even though they have shown and get them out whenever they can, um, maybe there's a limit on there, and they had to just like pick and choose the moments. <laughs> um, I feel like this is constant negative. Uh, there will be positivity at some point, but the end. It's just simultaneously melodramatic and underwhelming. Yeah, it's like it wants to be where the truth lies, which wasn't actually that good. Does that happen in where the truth lies? No, 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 no. But that sort of vibe about um, uh, the big betrayal, the big, yeah, the big mystery and what have you—it's that sort of thing. Um, but uh, but it's, it's obvious. It's yeah. obvious about Shylock near the beginning. Yeah. I'd only watched 15 minutes of it before mm. and I was, you knew I it. Said, it was going in that direction. Yeah. Just because. And Christopher Maloney, I mean, he's actually, he's such, he can be such an arresting, I mean, on Oz, what a screen presence. I mean, we, we, what we, a beast of a man he was yeah. on Oz. Yeah. I mean, remember with the, with the, the when he was uh, kissing the guy in the shower and had the razor blade. Yeah. I mean, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> He's a, yeah, he's such a presence. He, oh, he can and, be. And he's and there's nothing of that here. It's just stri- it's one of the, it's the Tim. Thank you, Tim Roby. It's the, the, the he said this about um, uh, Paul Bettany and the Da Vinci Code. It strips away everything that's interesting about him as an actor. And yeah. uh, he's got nothing. Got he's got nothing to do here. I did like the bit where he's at work though, and yeah, and it's like the women there see him completely differently. But then Shailene's voiceover in that scene is just ridiculous. Yeah, true. My dad had game. <laughs> um, but I just think resolving it, the film in that way with by making it like a mystery when it's not really, and it, yeah. it just undercuts the whole point of it being about her and about her journey, and there isn't really a journey or much of one there anyway. No. But uh, it, there are interesting characters... And performances around it, uh, I really thought Fernandez was great. He was. He was. I thought. I, I think. Um, I think his was the most consistent turn, and his last scene with Sha- with Shailene uh, is very good. Yeah, and I think Shailene's good. Uh, well, yeah. I think she's good when she's asked to be emotional. I think when she's uh, doing her stock um, bored adolescent routine, she's quite insufferable but not just as the character it, that's another thing that just it the doesn't script. play to any of her strengths as an actress yeah and what about Eva Green because Oosh. iffy Oosh. really iffy and that's not her fault it's a very committed performance and she's gone there and she's left herself in Iraqi's hands and uh, he's uh, let her off the leash and he hasn't reined her in and it's uh, it's like mommy dearest without the good parts <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's like that line where what's said about Faye Dunaway and Mommy Dearest, where it's like she doesn't steal scenes; she stands on the edge of the set and swallows them whole. And it's like Ava Green kind of does that in this, but it's yeah. but when in Dark Shadows she was big and um, but it was delicious and um, it was really knowing, and it was just it fit with the tone of that because that was a comedy as well. Yeah. With this, with it being such a, um, having such a melancholic 
uh, underpinning to the whole thing. Uh, it it never gets the emotion of the tragedy of the character. Yeah, great. Just the tragedy that Eva Green's giving that performance in this film. And that's the last word. Yeah, no, nothing to be said about Angela Bassett because she has nothing to do. No, that was sad. Pick up the paycheck, woman. I hope you. I hope it was bigger than I think it probably was. C minus. Yeah, this is a poor stuff. Um, it's a two star film. We'll probably go with three out of ten. Right. So I'm, even though I haven't seen it, I'm going to tell you what Chappie's about, so, or what at least I, I assume it's going to be about. So Chappie is about a guy called Deb Patel, who's who's uh, used to have a really hot girlfriend, but then she turned into a terrorist and shagged James Franco, and so now he's working for Scorny Weaver. Uh, his favourite film when he's growing up was Short Circuit, and uh, so he wanted to make one of those really cute robots just like that, and so he does it, and then it has feelings, and then Hugh Jackman wants to kill it, and it's over. Um, well, everything that you said was is true. Oh, yeah, especially although, the uh, Freddie Printo stuff. Yeah. yeah, although kind of real life blended into fiction. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> Dev Patel is the maker of Chappie. The Chap Master. <laughs> Which makes him um, terrible if he's created Charles O'Copley. Really? But um, does he die in a fire, and then his brother has to take over? The- <laughs> What's that backdraft? <laughs> Big Hero Six. All right, it's also the plot of backdraft, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I just <laughs> it's been eight, twenty years since I've seen that. Um, yeah. So Dev Patel's created um, a host of robots. Which are now the police force in South Africa, or the police are kind of introducing them, and mm. uh, they've been very successful. But Robocops. Dev, yeah, but Dev Patel wants to go one step further and create an artificial intelligence robot, um, and he does this. Um, basically, he takes one kind of bashed robot from work and redoes it up and. He's created this um, data program which can make it uh, really clever and artificially intelligent, whatever. He's got it in his van and he gets hijacked by a group of thugs who want to use the robot. Uh, How do they know it exists? They don't know it exists. They want him to reprogram one of the police robots to work for them so that they can pull off a heist. Right. But it just so happens that he is. he says he can't reprogram the other ones, but he's got this one in the back of the van, mm. and he's able to test it out. And then the robot Chappie lives with the criminals um, while... <laughs> and Dev Patel visits him like an estranged father. But things happen. Hugh Jackman intervenes. Hugh Jackman happens. How bad is Jackman? Bad. Prisoner's bad. Well, I didn't think he was... I, I thought he was all right in Prisoners. I think the problem is... I mean, he's got a mullet. No! No! <laughs> but anyway, that's a reference to Paul's... Prisoners. Prisoners. He's got a mullet. This isn't a comment on the performance, but he's got Out a the mullet. Way. Yeah, that's coming later. Um, but it's... 
he's just really uh, I wouldn't say he's terrible but it's it's just such a nothing performance in terms of character he doesn't do anything with that character he just comes across as this disgruntled spoiled um, engineer and it's really not what the film needs uh, the film doesn't need that strand of the story anyway um, and when you've got Sigourney Weaver in exactly the same role as Avatar yeah. apart from not as likeable because in Avatar she is the villain but then she turns into not the villain mm. if I remember rightly um, she's the boss yeah yeah in this she is the villain uh, well along with you but what is it with his female villains it's like Elysium was Jodie Foster wasn't it yeah and she was terrible in that awful um, Almost, as bad as she was in Inside Man Yes. Oh my God, I've forgotten about that. What was she doing inside, man? Saying the c word rather unconvincingly, which is ironic. <laughs> uh. Oh my God! <sighs> I am. Now, if, I, if, if I, I said that, you'd be you'd be cutting that out. <laughs> <laughs> I am Ricky Gervais at the Golden Globes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, first of all, it it starts with interviews from fake people, which he did this with District 9 District and then 9. abandoned it, and it's done, he's done the same with this. He's got, like, a... tried to pretend it's a documentary. Um, it's even more fickle in this than it was in District 9. I just think he seems to think that that elevates the importance of it all like it gives yeah. it more credence because Pret- it... pretentious I mean District 9 was pretentious there's no getting around it if you're trying to have that sort of uh, importance uh, uh, in in terms of allegory and then you ditch it and you've got that little underneath underpinning it it's uh, what you why are you doing it you doing <laughs> <coughs> yeah with this it's less um, I wouldn't say it's a full-blown allegory, but it's all about the outsiders. Um, and Chappie is like an outsider because he's different. I mean, he's like a, a kid. So Copley's got to pretend to be childlike while being, while essentially voicing a robot. Mm. So he's got like, he's saying like, Mommy, 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 can I have that? That kind of thing. Right. So, I do actually think Copley is the least offensive he's ever been because, A, you can't see him overacting. Although you just say you can't see him. (laughs) And B, it's quite well pitched because he has to be childlike, but it isn't too jarring to see him be childlike in this context. Mm. And I think it's very, very difficult to pitch uh, that well. And I do think the animation of the robot is excellent and the production design of the film is awards calibre. Mm. Uh, it's really, really interesting. Um, I like that it's... I like the idea of that he's with delinquents and that he's... He's in this criminal underworld uh, and he's naive and I like that the criminals don't end up um, coming off as villains where you get to the end of the film. Mm-hmm. So there is an arc there. It is a sense that he is the child. He's dependent on them. 
and that it's making them a little bit more sensitive and think a little bit more about what might be happening around them, even though they're not very intelligent people. Yeah. But, and that's why I can't hate the film, because I don't think it's a good film, mm. but I I haven't the heart to hate it. Mm. You might. Well, probably. But I just, I can't be bothered to hate it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not offensive enough. What was I like that with? Not quite, no, I thought it was a bit better than that, but I was seeing like somewhere where, um, somewhere was getting these really bad, like scathing reviews, and I just thought, how can I be bothered? <laughs> yeah. At least it tried something. Mm. And this, it's the same with this film. I mean, I don't, I don't think Blomkamp is going forward, but at least he's trying things. Um, he cast people who are themselves in the film, which is weird. So all the criminals, I mean, they're not criminals in real life, but they're all in their own names. And yeah, it when, feels the like, eye, when the eye was slagging that part of it off in, yeah. in her review in the time, she just said it's, uh, uh, they're all 2D uh, anyway. Yeah. yeah, they're all cartoonish. It's really, uh, uh, well, in the first half they are. It's all very, very amateurish to watch. Um, and it just, it takes you out of the film at times and it, it makes it seem completely ridiculous. Some of the humour makes it seem ridiculous. Um, it's really manipulative in terms of the fact that this is a really sympathetic character, chappy, a naive person drawn into crime. And yet, and it kind of puts him in, under threat in ways that seem cruel and are designed to make you really wince and then uh, it's it's sort of more I wouldn't say I'd say it's more short circuit than Wally <laughs> but there are elements of both there yeah because um, he he's like paints and things like that and it's cutesy sometimes but it is more short circuit um but the really bad part is that it turns into transcendence in the second half and you get a lot of plot, needless um, plot, very convoluted, where you, it's sort of like people uploading, it's like uploading, when they uploaded Johnny Depp yeah. to the computer, there's a lot of that going on to explain away things in the second half. It just feels too overwritten and, frankly stupid yeah um but I can't hate it so to see right okay so kill the messenger right uh kill the messenger before I actually get into the rundown because we just always start Rundown. I actually, want, I actually want to talk about the the team of people that have made this film because I cannot think of a, having just looked at the, the key parts. I can't think of a more random group than this. It's directed by uh, Michael Quester, right? Yeah. Who is a big, big, big name uh, in TV directing. He did the pilot of Homeland and. Uh, seven other episodes he's done wow. De- he's done Dexter he's done Six Feet Under he uh, also did 
his debut was L.I.E., you know, the Brian Cox paedophile film. Yeah. Um, and he's also done stuff like True Blood and Elementary and Blue Blood Bloods and what have you. So, predominantly TV, but a um, bit of... Uh, uh, it's written by the guy who did Parkland. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so, so, and that's about it. And then, behind the camera... His production, he's got Thomas McCarthy's production designer, Steve McQueen's cinematographer. What? <laughs> Sean Bobbitt? Yeah, Sean Bobbitt shot it. And then the guy who edited it, Brian Cates, has done it, has done Kill Your Darlings, uh, The Woodsman. <laughs> God. All your faves. And. Uh, incredibly, the butler. <laughs> oh, so it's it's such a mixed bag of people who we've brought assembled to um, uh, tell this story, and uh, the story is we'll get back onto it. We'll get any of those afterwards. <laughs> the, the story is uh, r- rather simply and quickly that um, a journalist called Gary Webb, who's played by Jeremy Renner, stumbles across some information. Uh, that uh, given given to him via uh, Paz Vega, who uh, which informs him that the uh, there was a link between uh, the uh, CIA and uh, the uh, the drug dealers who were uh, inf- uh, infiltrating, um, uh, overloading America with drugs back in the eighties. Yeah. Yes, it's all about corruption. Um in the American Secret Service, and the and the travails of the journalists in the in, in Hollywood films. Yeah. Um. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't think it's particularly great. Mm. Um. But it's pretty outrageous claim. It's and... something that's worth. It's something that's worth exploring. Yes. Um, I think this, the whole interest of this relies on the situation in terms of what literally happened, in terms of this, the, the hugeness of the story that he was, um, uh, inv- he, he was he discovered, and yeah. then what happens to him after the fact. I think what this dearly, dearly would love to be is Salvador. Yes, I've got this written down. Yeah, but the difference is Salvador's central character was outrageous and truly compelling and featured a legendarily brilliant performance from James Woods, which is one of the most inspired Oscar nominations in any category ever. Should have won. I don't care about Bob Hoskins. Mm. He should have won. Mm. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I th- I agree. I think there's elements of Sam Waterston in the Killing Fields too. Yes. Um, but well, how does it compare then the character? Well, the the problem is or that the performance. The, he, well, the thing is, the character is flawed. It, yeah. In, in very similar ways. Well, not in, in not quite to the sort of drinking drugs thing, but uh, especially with women, he, he he's flawed in the way that Jack, uh, James Woods is, is flawed. He's flawed in the way that um. Uh, the work comes. The work compels him on, even yeah. in spite of himself. 
Uh, sort but... of like Benoche in the um, photographer film that we saw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, uh, outside of that, there's nothing on his personal relationships. Whereas, uh, and uh, it's, I think it's, I think it's the best I've seen Renner actually. Oh, but, good. Yeah. But but it is very functional and serviceable. He's not he's not going to be a negative it, in the film. He's going to anchor it as well as he can. But it, that's all he's doing. He's just the anchor to build the story, the plot around. It's like it, Clooney and Michael Clayton. Yeah. That's not a great performance, but it's mm. it you know it's about what's going on around him, and he's quite passive. Yeah. A lot of the time. Whereas with this, because it does, when they say the story becomes all about him, well, well, the film never becomes all about him. And if it was going to be great, it would. Yeah. It's it's pretty standard, like, for most part, because it's about somebody uncovering the truth, facing the consequences of Mm. um, pissing people off Mm. who are in high places. Yeah. But the... I mean, the acting, I think, is good across the board. Mm. Um, it doesn't devolve into this spiralling story about someone having the car bombed or, you, you know... Yeah. It's not like a big thriller style. Mm. Like, you know, it's not... The the danger isn't there. The danger no. is personal rather it's not, than... You never, and you never get the sense of paranoia that something like The Insider gets across uh, yeah. from Russell Crowe's character... Um, you uh, you don't get across the dignity in the situation that something like Kate Beckinsale in Nothing But The Truth did. Uh, I think there's, um, well, uh, there's all, all in fair game uh, with, no, with, with the sort of the unfairness of the situation and the, the, the hugeness of the, what you're up against, uh, of the machine and all, all that sort of stuff. But... Um, it is interesting because yeah. to, to to see the as a procedural of uh, what happened here, but then w- w- when you get to the the sort of uh, uh, exploration of how the media works, it's never. Um, I don't think it's as nuanced as it could be. It's very black and white. Yeah. Uh, so, oh, just so these papers are doing this, 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 and I suppose if you are telling it solely from his perspective, then fine. Well, yeah, but. Um, they don't attempt to get behind the motivation of the newspapers no. for some of the decisions they make. No. And it does tend to whitewash any uh, potential inaccuracy or wrongdoing that he may have done or not. I mean, I, in There's the film, a lot of grey areas. Yeah. I mean, you wonder why there isn't, why, why is, if he was so awesome. <laughs> and he had then why why did his uh, why did they throw him under the bus? But um, his own people. But it's yeah. got this um, similar message to a most wanted man with the um, the ethics problem, the questionable ethics going on, um, people with different agendas. But it's not it's not as finessed as well. Mm. As most wanted man, it's not as effective. You know, it's sort of like it doesn't have the atmosphere as well around it. Yeah, and it doesn't need to be this long. This film, no, I think there's too many montages. Or the archive stuff. But just in general, every now and again, there's like a 
an, a, 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 monta- no, a montage of like um, planes being loaded or, um, uh, or, or stuff like that. Um, it's just, uh, I think you could easily ship, easily ship uh, five, uh, five or ten minutes without without any problem whatsoever, without losing anything plot-wise. Yeah. Yeah. What about the family stuff then? Because I think there, Rose, some... Rosemary um, has a bit to do. She doesn't yeah. have nothing to do. Uh, and I think what she does, she does uh, pretty well actually, because she has to um, get uh, get across a couple of levels. But they don't go anywhere with with, with that. With that, uh, it's it's in certain scenes she's asked to do things, but they, they, it, the the end result isn't there in terms of getting something really um, uh, satisfactory. Memorable. Yeah, I was very disappointed with the whole mistress thing. Angrily went in. Yeah. Um, even though the sun, the sun was really good mm. in the scene in the garage. Yeah, but it, the writing's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just felt like it felt really short-handed in general. Like they just stuck this in just to be a bit interesting. And maybe it's true. I mean, it probably is true. Mm. But the way that they it just inserted into the film doesn't feel right. That, no, no, I agree. Yes. And I don't like the general arc of the character. I don't think there is much of one. No, it, it's because it's so situation based, yeah. and you don't get the sense at the end of it that like like you don't get the sense that like a, a, a people versus Larry Flint. Where there's so much on this, um, you don't um, you don't get that from a personal in terms of a wider issue or in terms of the personal that there's just so much riding on it for the character either um, so it's just a bit of a it, the end's a bit of a damp squib really yeah uh, C plus um, yeah I think it's watchable um, but I don't think it ever really gets above that so I'm going to give it be harsh and give it a 5 out of 10 oh. bad week it's not bright. Really bad week. Mm. Um, okay, we're going to talk about journalist films. Do you want to... Yeah. We mentioned a couple. Yeah, we have mentioned a couple. There's a lot more. <laughs> okay, here we go. Well, no, 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 no. no. There, 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 just, there just will be a lot more. <laughs> um, journalist films. Well, obviously, all the presidents, man. Still uh, not saying that. It's um, uh, probably... That's one of the... Big, big, big reputation films of the seventies. Do you know they recently had a poll of Academy members? Mm. Um, they sampled Academy members and like to revise um, wins, best picture wins of the past. Yeah. And instead of Rocky, they picked that rather than Taxi Driver. Yep. Mm. It, it, yep, I, I can believe that. Yeah. It does have a great reputation. Yep. It's Watergate, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's the story of how um, uh, Watergate was broken so deep. The two journalists, uh, Woodward and Bernstein, and uh, the uh, guy who leaked uh, uh, the stuff on uh, the Watergate break into them, Deep Throat, in the uh, it was like in base car, it was in car park basements. It's where the best work's done. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. 
Uh, anything else? Broadcast news. We've got to mention that. Oh, super, yeah. Terrific. Mm. What performance? Yeah. Well, he's great too. And Brooks, least offensive the man's ever been. <laughs> oh, you're not a fan? No. <laughs> All right. No, he's great in it, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've seen him in much else. Oh, 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 sorry. I didn't do this on purpose. I swear I did not do this on purpose. What? Well, you know what Tony Lung's profession is in the move for Love and 2046. Oh, my God. Go on, then. <laughs> well, no, actually, I think it might only be 2046. I think he's just a writer in a... No, in, in with love, I think he's only writing two politics, but he works for a newspaper. So you got a computer in two. All right. There's got to be more. Let me think. Uh, journalists. Uh, journalist movies. Um, yeah. Um, well, good ones, that's the point. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Oh, they're quite American. Oh, is he so there to write a story or something, is he? Hmm. That's very similar to The Killing Fields, though, in terms of the setup of it. Yeah. Um. Alright, are we done? Hmm. Well done. Okay. Right, so, um, Shaq Mary Kill? Yes. Um, okay, you first. Well, obviously, I've got Shag Chappie. Yeah. So, so I haven't seen it, even though I don't want to. Um, and then it, between the other <laughs> two, uh, of the other two, I could much, much, much easily, more easily watch uh, Kill the Messenger every week for the rest of my life. So I will kill White Bird and Blizzard and marry Kill the Messenger. I'm going to kill Kill the Messenger. Mm hmm. Just because, even though I think it's the best film of the week, <laughs> it's the one I'd least want to watch again. Yeah. So, mm. just because it's a bit bland. So, yeah, I'll yeah. kill that um, Shag, Whitebird and the Blizzard and Mary Chappie. It's that. not much of a choice, you know. We could have done, um, we could have done genocide this week. <laughs> Should we do joint genocide? <laughs> yes, white white slate clean. <laughs> Position. Oh, this right. is interesting. Um. Okay. So, kill the messenger. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I thought looked nice. Uh, I think uh, Bruna Poots has got that covered. Ditto, ditto Rosemary DeWitt has Vega once upon time would have been a stone cold not even think about yes um probably she looked very thin. she looked very white gaunt like um, she, uh, she did, yeah yeah but probably just for nostalgia's sake uh we'll go with yes um <laughs> for Spanglish no, sex and the Um All right. White Bird, White Bird and the Blizzard. Um, I'm going to Saldana. Oh, yeah, I'm going to Saldana. Um, uh, Shelley, because 
Because oh. no, it's Shailene because the character's just so so bad. Um, and Eva Green, I am going. To, there were moments of Stone Cold of absolute yes, but um, the majority the of it is uh, when she's um, uh, making dinner. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> It's all you need in a woman. But most of it, but most, but yeah, but um, most of it's a. I don't know if it's a say. Yeah, well, it's it's a say do because she's an alcoholic. I'm not saying anything. Um, so what is that? Um, he's never stopped me in a certain hour, Friday night out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is that a two two? Oh, so, silver. Um, so that was Paz, and then, yeah, Paz, so, uh, yes, Silver. Okay. Um, Garrett Gage, Garrett Headland. Kill the Messenger, Jeremy Renner is a no. Dan Futterman. We didn't mention. We didn't mention mention this. We mentioned but his um, sit- screenplay for Capote a lot. <laughs> Which is great. Mm. And he's also brilliant in Urbania, a film from 2000, where he plays a gay guy in New York. Um, but he's been dude on this occasion. Mm-hmm. And if we go on to... Uh, White Bird in the Blizzard, Chris Maloney is a no. And it pains me to say it, but it is a no. Mm. Mm. And Sheila Fernandez is a not yet. Because mm. it will happen. Maloney's never was. <laughs> <laughs> no, Maloney, Maloney in Oz. Maloney would in Oz would have been, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know, Garrett, Garrett, though. I know. No, no, no. In ours, mm. definitely. And um, <laughs> Chappie Hugh is being said, dude, for the... Hathaway for the mullet. Mm-hmm, yes. Oh, God, the mullet. The moulet. <laughs> And I'm, I don't think there's... Oh, and there's somebody else in Chappie who is being say dude. No, Sal Darnard for a terrible performance. Dev. Uh, no, not Dev. Brandon <laughs> or Brandon or Red. Dev's actually the best thing about the film. I didn't even mention him. Well, the, the Sal Darnard is not for a terrible performance. The Sal is for a terrible character that they're playing. Well, both. There are no good characters in Chappie. <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah, so it's a shockingly, it's a, a Garrett gauge of one point oh. Hmm. Well done. Well done. We have a website. It's moveforpodcast.com. We're on Twitter at moveforpodcast. Facebook in the move for podcast. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes and um, write us a review. And uh, you can submit any questions on the website, the website. Um, so, Sean Bobby, 
Sean Bowie, did, did he actually shot Byzantium as well then, which I still haven't around seeing. Oh god, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, well, because we actually almost got this in under the hour. <laughs> that was just making me think about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a short episode. Um, no, you really should watch Byzantium. Anybody listening now, watch Byzantium. In fact, I might watch it tonight because I've got no. it on Blu-ray. <laughs> but it's really good, especially if you like um, busty. Brunettes. Brunettes. Next week, we've got the return, the long-awaited return of Yam Kale Sarah and Liam Neeson. (laughs) It's been so long. It's been been a year. With Run All Night, we have Sweet Francais. Yes, with um, everybody and their mother in it. Uh, X and Y with Sally Hawkins. Sadly, uh, we've already done uh, uh, Still Artless, even though it's only just come out. Yeah, we had to do that early. Yeah, uh, but X and Y and Sweet Francais are at Cine World, so those are the two big ones. And Run All Night. Oh, oh yeah, well, that's the biggest of all, obviously, in terms of wide release, yeah. Ed yeah. Harris is in Run All Night. I think he's the villain. I love how this is. Liam Neeson, Run All Night, Joel Kinnaman, Common, and Ed Harris. Does anybody care about the other two in between Liam Neeson and Ed Harris? <laughs> For God's sake. Dear. Um, is there anything at your art house in the next week? Oh, ooh, um, what's the date? Um, so we're talking about... Yes, there are, actually. Let me just... So it's uh, Friday the 13th, this is. Duke of Burgundy. Excellent. So we'll do the Duke of Burgundy next week as well. And depending on what day we record on, Still Life with Eddie Marzan. Okay. Cool. So we should have um, more films next week. And Better films ho- next week. Ho- well, it can't get much worse. Oh, Lord, I don't know after the Sweet Francais trailer. <laughs> Yeah, I know, good God. You can see why. Even though I'm saying oh, I'm interested to see what Chernot is doing next. Really, Peter? Oh, is he in this? He's the main guy. He's the German, main German guy. I've completely forgotten about that. Oh, yeah. well. Never, no, strike that from the record. Uh, so, top of, top, top of the most anticipated is Sweet Francais. <laughs> oh, look, yeah, well, yeah, Belgian. Just us across the border. Belgian Nazis. Were there Belgian Nazis? I think they're too impartial for that. Um, do you have a jam? Um, do I have a jam? Uh, probably not. My jam is Gone Fishing by Rasheen Murphy. Hmm. I saw you raving the album on uh, Twitter or something. Yes. Yes, that was just this morning. Hmm. I thought you'd quit Twitter. No, I just don't post on Facebook. Why? Instagram's my main one, though. Hello? Hey. 
Uh, you went quiet for about a minute, half a minute there. So, um, I said, why don't you post on Facebook? Yeah, why don't I post on Facebook? Um, because people just um, don't, uh, they just see what you're posting and then they just don't bother getting in contact with you. <laughs> Do. It's like the average message on, um, <laughs> uh, what do you call it? E-Harmony? Oh, any of them. Any of them. It's too many. Some of them I can't even pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanna stop, but I just got the taste for it. I feel like I could fly with the ball on the moon. So, honey, hold my hand, you like making me wait for it. I feel like I could die walking up to the room. Oh, yeah. Late night watching television, but how'd we get in this position? It's way too soon. I know this isn't love, but I need to tell you something. Yeah!